Richard, brother, welcome, uh, welcome to the show, man. I really Thank you. I appreciate your uh, I appreciate your time, and uh, especially on a Saturday morning, I appreciate the coffee. And uh, dude, you're the first one in the built, fresh, yeah, that's, new that's uh, studio, so I'm excited for this, man. Right on. So, kind of start us off, uh, get to know you a bit. Uh, take us through kind of your transition, like leaving high school, to kind of where we are, uh, where we are at now. Okay. Yeah. Try that's a long one. How much time we got? <laughs> uh, take your time, man. We're no yeah, rush. It's your, your episode. So basically, from from leaving high school, I left and went to a college in Newfoundland, and I did a program called Music Industry and Performance. Oh, jeez. Which, which was mostly music-based, a little bit of business, a little bit of technology. Mm-hmm. Nearing the end of that program, which kind of brings me to Sudbury, um, I was un- unsure what to do with my career, and a friend said, I'm going to Sudbury to do mine engineering. Says, yeah, why not? I grew up around mining. My dad's a geologist, so, <laughs> so on a, on a whim, literally didn't think about it. I said, yes, I'll go. Amazing. And, and then I came to Sudbury with him in 2006. Joined a band in 2006. Nice. Dropped out of college after about three months. Played in the band for two and a half years. Worked odd jobs. Nice. And so my wife, I had met her as soon as I moved to Sudbury. Oh yeah. And so that was we've been together 15 years now. Jeez, congratulations. Thanks. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, so, so basically that brings me to that point. Um, two and a half years later, kind of left the band, yeah. needed something different. So we moved back to Newfoundland, went to St. John's. A year after that, we're, I got into Metalworks Institute for Audio Production oh, in Mississauga. So we moved all the way back to Ontario. <laughs> and then we kind of bounced around there. I finished the program and did an internship at Joe Cavallo Mastering. Oh, in Toronto, stayed there. Then we went back to Newfoundland again. Stayed there for eight years. <laughs> That's amazing. And, and then finally, finally came back here about three years ago. Wow, three and a half years ago. So you're so you're familiar with kind of you're familiar with Sudbury. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely nice. familiar with Sudbury. So now, where'd you kind of? You said before we started, it was like a French town, a French city you grew up in. But it, so you didn't grow up in Newfoundland. I uh, no, I grew up in Newfoundland, so oh, yeah. so it's kind of a kind of the town name is Bayvert. That's that's oh, how we okay, call it. Yeah, yeah. There's Bayvert, obviously. Yeah. So French origins, but there's very little yeah. French left there now. It's all English. Now, in terms of geography, where is that located in comparison to like St. John's? Because that's where it's about. I know. Six hours west of St. John's, roughly okay. six hundred. It's like I, I want to say six hundred kilometers from St. John's. Oh jeez. So it's on the north central coast. Okay. Nice. I don't know if you've looked at the map of Newfoundland a lot, but there's on yeah. on the west side west side there's a big long peninsula. Yep. The northern peninsula. Yep. So the Bayvert Peninsula is a little one right next to it. Oh cool. On so like the west side it. of it. Or yeah, it'll be on the on east the side of it. So if you're looking at it, it's the northern peninsula on yeah. the west side, and then just east of that oh, okay. there's another little I see one. What you mean. Yeah, I'm so that's where we are. Yeah. Bass Ackers. So pretty so. isolated little town. Or not a, it's isolated but not. Yeah. Like, we were the big town. And we had when we had twelve hundred people, so they all the little communities around us. Oh, uh, so you yeah, had big so, fish in the small pond, kind of. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, in the area. It's <laughs> pretty pretty small yeah. town, but awesome, awesome place to grow up. Nice. So when you yeah. so leaving then going to St. John's, that's um, that's a big difference, eh? Like that's very big, big difference. So the college actually was in Stephenville, yeah. which is on the west coast. So it was like I gradually moved up in size. So. Mm. So with Bayvert, about 1,200 people. Stephenville, mm-hmm. I think, is sitting around 8,000 people. 
I might be overshooting it, but on the it's... the West uh, Coast, West Coast? Yeah, or? right on the West Coast of Newfoundland. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so I want to say 8,000, maybe a little bit less. So, mm. so, yeah, gradually moved up, and then went from there to Sudbury, which was a big change. Yeah, yeah, I guess it would be in that... Uh, yeah, and then... Shutting in all the small towns. Sudbury back to St. John's. So Sudbury and St. John's are about the same. Very, very similar in size. Yeah, like, geographically? Geographically, St. John's sprawls a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Population-wise, about the same. And then, and then, like, in terms of city speed, it feels the same. Yeah. Yeah, but then, then when we came back, back to Ontario again in Toronto, that mm -hmm. was that was big. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. that's the shift for sure. Yeah, that and was like, how did I end up here? It's, so we loved it, but yeah, yeah. Was it like uh, I find for a big city, um, favorite big city has to be Ottawa. I can't. I don't know. I'm not much of a Toronto person. Um. To visit Toronto, I enjoyed it. Living there started to get a bit old. Yeah. I haven't spent any time in Ottawa. I've oh. driven through there, and I hear yeah. nothing but good things. Yeah, dude. It's um, it's one of those things where the pace of the city isn't rushed. There's no, like... But here, I find nobody's moving anywhere. You know, like, <laughs> it's, it's very slow. I'm always yeah. in traffic, like, stressed out. Like, keep going. <laughs> and then, like, I'm like, make the turn. And then turns turns out there's a pedestrian walking, so I just I'm that guy who's just honking at the person I, who's knocking. It. So I take the option, just avoid them. Yeah, I've done that once or twice, and then I feel so bad. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, it takes a lot out of you. Actually, I did it on my way here this morning. <laughs> I didn't I didn't honk, but I was behind someone, and yeah. they were in the right turning lane, and I almost honked at them because they had their left signal light on to get out of it. Like getting, I was getting so impatient, yeah. and then they got out of the way, and there's a car broken down in front of them. Like, Come on, you're like, oh no, <laughs> no, no, I'm Hope that guy stuck okay. here. <laughs> I'm stuck here. Yeah. <laughs> so, what was, um, and I'm going to stick on this for a bit with uh, Newfoundland and uh, St. John's specifically as a whole, as a province, because I'm trying to go out east next, like, spring. So, what would you recommend for somebody who's never been out in that direction as an adult to do? So, to St. John's specifically? Yeah, we'll start there, and then we'll go uh, broader out east. Yeah, cause, like Newfoundland is so big, you really need a lot of time. Um, hmm. And I guess it depends on if you're into the downtown, like bar scene, or if you want to see more of the outdoors type stuff. Probably both things put the A little bit of both, yeah. yeah. yeah like sure. George Street, obviously, is a, is yeah. a go-to. Um, spend, yeah. spend a night or two down there, have some fun. Yeah. Um, the East Coast Trail, it's, it covers almost the entire east coast of the Avalon Peninsula, which yeah. is where St. John's is. I... I think it's in a range of 400 kilometers of maintained trail, okay. and it's some of the nicest hiking I've ever, or it is the nicest hiking I've ever done. It's amazing. Now, is that referring to kind of, were those, when you were on the trails, were those, explain to me 30 by 30 challenge. 30 by 30 challenge. Yeah, so I think it was you had photos way back when of, um, I think it was like in Newfoundland or off the East Coast? And there was a, there was a caption was thirty by thirty challenge, or something like that. I'll show you what I mean. Yeah, I'm trying to struggle because I'm, I'm trying to think of the good way to describe it. Yeah. But I definitely think um, once you see it, you'll be like, oh, this guy took a deep dive. <laughs> he went yeah. way back. <laughs> yeah, that's how it, how it goes. Um, let's see. There you go. And did you ever look back through Facebook or just Instagram? To be honest, I'm not sure. No, I kind of do. I kind of Facebook do, goes um, back further. I'm pretty new, relatively new to Instagram. I think because they're just really cool, like East Coast um, photos. So I wanted to, uh, I wanted to talk about them because I was like, "Ooh, what is this?" Oh yeah, third. So yeah, that's part of the East Coast Trail. Yeah. That was 
that honestly, I think that's my favorite section. That's like a five, six kilometer section of the trail. So it is the... That is the East Coast Trail, or okay. part, like a part of it. Um, is it to be honest, even looking at that, a 30 by 30 challenge, I'm unsure what... Uh, I'm not sure what, yeah. I don't I'm know not sure what that was. Parks yeah. thing, or if it was a run you did. Maybe I was just learning hashtags, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's no, hilarious. It, it was definitely something, but I... Then I had no idea. I was like, I wonder what this... I wonder what he means with that. Excuse me. So, um, how you went into school for music, right? Okay. So why? Like, what was your? Because um, that's huge. Because um, did you have much experience in music before? What was your? What's your kind of background? How did you get into music? Yeah, I originally? started started playing drums at the age of I don't know if I was twelve or thirteen. And then played all through high school. So in the small town, there was only one or two bands, only one or two drummers. Nice. So we played a lot of music. And then in grade 12, trying to decide what to do, um, someone at the school had mentioned this program to me. And I said, you know what, that sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. If nothing else, just to get my feet wet in, into music and see mm -hmm. and to see if I like it. So then I went in there and as a drummer. Yeah. And then from there, kind of branched out into get a little more interest into recording and audio. But still focused on drums, I think. Yeah. And it was only once I came to Ontario that I seriously thought, you know what, I, I really want to get into recording and audio. Yeah. More mm -hmm. so, yeah. What made you, like, decide that? No specific thing other than, honestly, no, no real specific thing, I yeah. guess. Just an intrigue? Just an, just an interest. And I guess, technically, it would go back, even when I started playing drums, yeah. I had this little, like, cassette recorder with a built-in microphone. Oh, nice. No and way. I do kind of remember putting that on the ledge in our rec room where we had all the music set up, because my brother played guitar and all my friends. Mm -hmm. So we'd record and just play music. So I guess technically it goes back to there. I don't really think about that too much. Uh -huh. So I would experiment with positioning, like almost like old school recording. Yeah. Position where to put this little speaker so that it would blend everything. Interesting. So I got to record a song and listen and be like, okay, it needs a little more of this, a little more of that. Yeah, I don't Huh. I don't really think back that far. <laughs> that's what that's kind of what we do. Yeah, that's what I do. Um, so I'd like to know um, how does sorry how did learning music and being so involved in growing that skill set of music how did that help you in challenges you faced like kind of later down the road? Um. I, I'd kind of be making up if I say dedication. Like, obviously dedicated yeah. to music and audio. Mm -hmm. But a little bit unrelated in terms of my transition from from music and audio into fitness and these sort of challenges. Oh, really? A very two different... Like, you've compartmentalized it. Yeah, they've been very compartmentalized. Nice. Um, and then, like, the fitness and those sort of challenges came later in life. Yeah. Um, but obviously, there's definitely been challenges with music and audio in terms of like financial finding work because mm. I worked for Battlefield Equipment Rentals in St. John's and mm. then I left those guys to go self-employed with music and I held it big, for about two shift. and a half years and, and managed to do it but then it started nice. getting a bit tight so yeah, I went back to Battlefield. What was kind of your um, what was your favorite experience doing that though because I know a lot I've had a handful of people ask me about and I'm like, what do you want to do? What do you? And they're the whole thing's like, yeah, we want to do music. Like, we want to try. We want to see and perform. And amazing. What was your like favorite experience from that kind of 
time in performing. So, uh, well, during that time, like when I went self-employed in St. John's, I had very little performing. Mm -hmm. um, I may have done one or two shows here and there. I had a band, and we, we did play a little bit, but it was more on the recording side. Oh, nice. So, I got to work with so many different bands. Like, I did one really cool project. Yeah. Um, actually, we were doing a sketch comedy show, and then that went from... So, that was a lot, a lot of fun. So, I was doing audio for that. Oh, that's sick, dude. And then that spiraled into different production ideas with, yeah. with a couple of the crew. And um, we did... I can't remember the number, but two days in the studio mm -hmm. with... I believe we put through 12 bands. So, we were going to do, like, a YouTube series, and it kind of... I. I believe we went through every band and we did complete it. Wow. So I think 12 bands in two days in the studio. So each band would record two songs. Uh, That's insane. Yeah, two songs. Then we'd shuffle them out, change all the mics. So we had everything from like a solo artist to a yeah. full band Jeez. to an uh, Irish Newfoundland band that did one song a cappella with one microphone. Come on. And then the other song we had to shut like 14 mics we had to throw up. Uh, what? Yeah, so we did two days with however many bands, and oh, then we dude. came back a weekend later and did all the interviews with him, and then the way the shows aired on YouTube yeah. was song, interview, and then ended with a song. So it was really, really cool. No kidding, man. So I would say that's the standout, oh. one of the standout things. Like, so many cool, uh, <laughs> I can't, I go on for days about dude, that stuff. Like, give me another one. That's sick. I would say the other coolest experience was recording in a wine vault that was no what a wine vault a wine vault oh okay. like literally a wine vault um i'll show you after uh, yeah i'll show you the videos so oh man the band name was fairgale they're yep. awesome they're still going doing really good yeah. um so i did i had a lot of portable gear so i could record mm -hmm. anywhere so nice. we rented a little bit of extra to make it work a friend mm -hmm. of theirs did the video and we went in this wine vault that I want to say is either late 1800s or early 1900s. Whoa. So it was like a stone cavern, rounded ceilings. Come on. Insanely hard to record in. I can imagine. Live, live off the floor, so you got drums, two vocals, oh, two no. guitars, and a bass. Big challenge. Yeah, very big. So mic choice was very important. Yeah, what you end up going with? For, I believe for both vocals, I had a Shore SM7. That was the biggest thing. Everything else wasn't too bad because the mics are close to the amps and the right. drums. Drums are drums. They're going to... Yeah, you're going to be heard. If yeah, so okay. it's fine. So the vocals are the biggest issue, and mm -hmm. I believe we had to redo a couple of the vocals after the fact, which I'm not too disappointed by, because no. obviously the challenge is insane, because the ceiling, yeah. like the guys, if they backed up, they would have hit the ceiling. It was very low. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a, yeah, I think I think you'll be interested to see the I'm video. pretty intrigued, and yeah. I am, I'm wondering, too, how do you, um, how do you be, why? Why a wine cellar, or wine just, vault, sorry. We just liked getting different... Different locations for a cool video, and then uh, one, one the, the video is the focus. The video is the focus, and uh, and the performance came out great. Um, but yeah, they just had cool locations, and one of the guys had a connection with the wine vault owner. Yeah, because the wine vault is mostly used for just tourists. Right. Um, and and then you can rent it out for events and weddings. So. Oh wow! Yeah, that was, that was cool, dude. That is cool. So you guys just rented the wine vault. Yeah, for the video, and then it just yeah. turned out pretty good. Yeah, it's cool. We Man, I'm so two, excited to see this video. Two or three songs in there, and then we had like another guy from Nashville yeah. came up. We recorded at a cabin with the same band, so went to this cabin and recorded live off the floor. So that was a lot of fun. I did a lot of those. So I'm like stationed mm -hmm. under the stairs with my mixing board. Come on! And then yeah, 
Oh, cool. man, that sounds like a blast. <laughs> so much fun. Yes, because I've only... Yeah, um, kind of missed that stuff. Yeah. yeah. You ever um, debate, like, teaching it or going into it a bit? I'd like to get back into actually doing it. Yeah? Yeah. Like that kind of... That kind style. of work, yeah. Yeah. Like mixing yeah. under stairs and stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Could probably leave the stairs. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, I'll do it standing up and comfortable. Yeah, I want a high ceiling. <laughs> Hell yeah. Eight foot at least. <laughs> Yeah, standards now for it. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Moving up, bro. Moving yeah. up. So, man, that's uh, that's really cool because I don't, I don't go into it a lot, but um, especially on the show. But I find as a skill, learning any music or even just trying to understand it. Like I've been learning guitar for about a year, like taking yes. lessons like weekly for a year. So doing that and seeing kind of how to get how much I need to break down skills or certain things I'm trying to learn in order yeah. to uh, like use that but then i find it's making me learn a lot quicker in other things that i'm doing yeah i can that see that sense. Yeah. yeah definitely it's weird but it's something that as i go through and i will break down a certain song or a scale or pieces of songs or chords just to kind of understand everything going breaking it down to a finite level and then being able to kind of apply that technique of breaking something down to like the basic of steps and like your reaction 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 to everything is ridiculous and being able to use that to other places whether it be fitness or whether it be work or business it's been something that i didn't really expect would come yeah. of just i want to play songs on the guitar yeah it makes sense. i think it just yeah. trains your mind to react differently and to think differently i think so and that's where and it's a really I'm really curious about that type of kind of performance psychology as well, mm -hmm. where like, do you performing it in a band, do you ever get like, n like what was your nervous nerves like before? Like, how are you able to kind of deal with that? Like, what was your mental prep before performing or mental um, prep before performing? Yeah. Um, I didn't have a lot. To no. be honest. Uh, I was pretty confident drumming. Like mm -hmm. I'd get nervous about room. Usually it was about remembering where the parts go instead of playing uh, the parts. Okay. So that was where I was nervous, I guess. But yeah. but more, not a lot of nerves. Nice. The more nervous nice. I was were the shows that I was on the front of the stage. So if I'm in the back uh, of the stage behind the drums, I, mean, I feel, I don't know. You're like, I'm at home, wall I'm at home. I'm, it's because like, I've been doing it for so long, I guess. Right. Like, since 12 years old. So it's kind of got used to that growing up playing in high school, playing around yeah. town. So you get used to that. I did one tour in, in the Maritimes, so in Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and PDI with Come a band. On. Um, That's a blast. When I left college, I got hired on to do, I filled in for the drummer, because mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of comical in a sense, but he was a fisherman as well, and yeah. and the tour lined up, it ended up being fishing season, he, he had to go out, he had to make his, his living doing that. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm recalling it correctly, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Um, so yeah, they hired me on, we had not even a full practice, it was intense, so... I graduated college. I had a few weeks to learn their songs. And then my mom literally came in for graduation and then drove me nine hours across the province wow. to to this guy's house, to the band's house. And and at this time I was 19 years old. Yeah. And they were... One guy was in his 30s, I think, or early 30s. Yeah. One guy was in his mid-40s, and then the other guy was in his 60s. So, like, world of experience, yeah. and I'm just this kid. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they, they trusted me and they brought me in wow. and we played through most of the songs, not all of them. And then we set out on the road in a minivan and played, nice. 
and played theater shows throughout the Maritimes. Man, that sounds like a blast. That was awesome. Jeez. That was my first, like, real good paying gig. Yeah? Yeah, it was nice. Nice. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, the dream. Yeah, that was amazing. Right? Good paying gigs that are fun to do. Yeah. Cool people. Jeez. Yeah, I learned a lot from those gigs. Yeah? What was one thing that kind of, like, you remember distinctly that you learned? The... Or maybe not distinctly, but... Maybe not something I learned, but one thing I remember from that tour was the fact that it was a theater tour. So we played earlier shows. We played from seven, I think seven the show would start, we played till maybe nine. And then we'd maybe have a drink, but mostly just go back to the hotel, relax for a bit, and get to bed. So it was really tame and really, really manageable. Like, yeah, even at that age, I couldn't do the, the bar scene, like playing late at night. Right. I've done it and it's exhausting. Yeah. Um. So I definitely learned that that was a manageable, healthy way to do it. Yeah. Um, it does seem like a rather intelligent way to approach it. Yeah, like they've been around the block enough to know. Yeah. Um, just a different type of show. And then I remember Bobby. Bobby Evans was his name, or his stage name. Yeah. Uh, so he was, I'm not sure his age, but he was the older gentleman. And before we go on stage, the first song would start with drums of every of every show. And he had giant hands. Yeah, like he was—he was a fair, fair-sized man, but had b- even bigger hands. Epic. And like, so he would, right at the edge of the stage, he would—he'd hit the tempo on my back, and then I'd walk it on stage, and that's where we'd start. Dude, it was so cool. That's gangster. Yeah. It was intense. But it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> you're like he's just hitting. Especially I was like. Yeah, I can imagine. You're not the biggest just, person no, ever. I was right? just a little 19-year-old. <laughs> and he's just like hits the. Oh, yeah, that's sick. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool, for sure. Oh, man, that's awesome. Um, So kind of switching gears, um, take us through, tell me about your athletic journey. How did that kind of get started? Because it sounds like the beginning was more music-focused, and then athletics kind of came in, not recent recently, but more like recently. Yeah, and like compared to music, definitely recently. And obviously, like, through high school, I enjoyed lifting weights, like, right. like a lot of teenagers do. And even in college, I'd lift. But nothing, nothing terribly intelligent, just lift and just lift. <laughs> Very little cardio. All biceps. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I actually, one guy nicknamed me Mr. Bicep in high school. Epic. Mostly, mostly making fun, I think, but maybe, maybe a little bit of truth to it. Because <laughs> obviously, all, all you think when you're a teenager is, I want to do bench press and bicep curls. Yeah. That's all I do now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm 25. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, I did that. Um, then gradually throughout my early and mid-20s, I started gaining weight. Because no. a little bit unhealthy lifestyle in, in music, so a little bit of drinking, mm-hmm. quite a bit of drinking. Um, uh, a lot of fast food, like yeah. play till 2 a.m. at a bar and get McDonald's on the way home. Yeah, it's open, it's easy. And that just, that just caught up on me. Um, so I think... My heaviest point as went through that journey when I went back to St. John's. So after Metalworks in Mississauga, which yeah. was also a lot of fast food, a lot of Krispy Kreme donuts, uh, amazing, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. I went back to St. John's and I ended up being hitting around 230 pounds, roughly. Dude, didn't even realize it at the time. Yeah. And thinking back now, I'm like, oh, oh wow! Like I bought a mountain bike and did eight kilometers, and I remember coming home being gassed and like. Wow, I did eight kilometers. That's amazing. Yeah, and and then obviously that's that's great. Like everyone has start somewhere and you have to endurance. Like just touch on endurance. It's just whatever's tough for you. So it's not like comparing one thing to another. Right, it's, it's tough at the time. It's tough. Problems, you, you push yeah. through it. Like it's 
Yeah. That's good. So I am, obviously, it was a good bike ride. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, 230 pounds. And I said, I got to do something. Yeah. And I was interested in the UFC, watched it quite a bit. So I joined a gym in St. John's because nice. I had a friend or two called Eight Limb Muay Thai. Oh, no way. Okay. It was amazing. So three and a half years of those guys trained a ton. Lost a lot of weight right away. Yeah, man. Didn't change my diet very much, which we'll kind of get to in a second, yeah. which kind of comes back to haunt you. But through that, it was 230 pounds. Got down to about 170. Jeez. Um, felt amazing. Yeah. And looking back at pictures, I got to look pretty good. Nice. Um, but diet didn't change a ton. I still ate pretty bad. Still drank. Mm-hmm. So, when I left that gym and actually left St. John's, moved to Cornerbrook for a year, the weight started creeping back on because the diet was still bad. And I didn't have that gym. And that was, I was so in love with that gym and everyone there. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, the weight crept back on. And then by the time we got back here to Sudbury, I was back up to 220 pounds. Ooh. Almost. Stop. Almost 220. Stop. So, yeah. And then I, on Facebook, we're kind of jumping very far ahead here. Do it up. Um, yeah. Actually, sorry, I'm going to go back a second. Mm-hmm. I touch on my, because just back to Cornerbrook. Yeah. While I was big, like, I was gaining weight. I was still biking a lot, but it was the diet that was getting me. Like, I did oh, a couple, really? a couple hundred K bike rides. My landlord at the time was a friend's dad. He was a big, always a big athlete. Mm-hmm. He took me out on my first hundred K bike ride, and it was awesome. Jeez. But I was still, like, I was still gaining weight because of the diet. Yeah. So, so yeah, but that, that kind of spurred an interest in, in endurance for me in mm-hmm. long distance and then it went dormant and it kind of like went back down um, so yeah 220 pounds here and then I see an ad on Facebook or Instagram for a gym opening up a mm-hmm. Ninja Warrior gym nice obviously most people have seen American Ninja Warrior I'm like that's amazing that's cool I want to be part of that the double backflip over water yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure man for so, sure. I, I, so I seen this and I seen it happening and i like what's going on across the street from my house so I saw these trucks pull in I see people coming and going yeah um I didn't want to go over and just ask what was happening, so I just waited. Yeah. And then when I seen them post their address, I'm like, no way, are you kidding me? This gym was literally opening up across the street from my house. Oh, come on. So I was living on Loach's Road. And it's right across. Right across the street. Dude. So I was sitting on my couch watching them build this gym. Come on. So I signed off about two months before they opened. Amazing. Yeah, I think Dennis said I was the first membership. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, like way before they opened. Oh, wow. And then... That's awesome. Joined the gym, and then... Just stuck to it. The guys were awesome. Dennis is amazing. Yeah. Um, but such a healthy lifestyle, like kind of learning from them and being motivated. Yeah. My diet started to switch. I slowed down drinking. Mm-hmm. I started eating healthier, so it's a lot more manageable. Yeah. So, so now I think this is a, this is my lifestyle now. This is what I'm gonna keep. Mm-hmm. So even if I stop for a few weeks, can't exercise because of an injury. Yeah. The diet's there, so it's not like the weight's gonna creep back on. Right. It won't creep back on. So, so it, quick it just feels a, a lot more manageable now because of the diet and I feel better nice so yeah so it's been a three and a or not quite three years yet since Apex has opened but but definitely back down to the lightest and fittest I've ever been yeah, yeah. amazing but so I've heard many many and only really great things about Apex and every single person in the last couple months who I've talked to or who I've had on have said the greatest things about like your apex leader Dennis and so I think to hear that you were the first one to sign up and to see kind of and hear actually here's something interesting for you to hear what people say about you when I tell them you're coming on the show like your reaction their reactions 
Because basically my process kind of, if I know somebody knows somebody, and I know I have that person on, and they're more, whatever their style of personality is, whether it's introverted, extroverted, kind of in the middle, depending on the environment, right? You kind of go either way. Um, you go, I would typically go in and find find information about them, figure it out, kind of understand what the main focus is or what the message is for what the episode is, and then go into kind of why I think it's a good idea that this person chat with me. And then there's this whole group of people who I know know that person. And so I'm like, hey, so-and-so, I'm having this person on, blah, blah, blah. What do I have to know about them to make this good? And then they tell me. And I'm like, wow. So the people that uh, we'll, we'll leave them out of this. I'll tell you <laughs> yeah. after, probably. Maybe we'll see. But um, <laughs> the people who I asked about uh, like things and stuff to talk about and stuff to kind of dive into, um, they had only the greatest things to say about you. And to hear, not because it's not just, oh, really good dude, have a great chat. It's like, hey, man, the guy's such a good dude. You know, his personality is really cool. He's really smart. He's really good at music. Like, all these r extremely positive things coming from these extremely cool and positive people that I really enjoyed talking to, I think is something that's huge. So being able to chat with you about it, I'm, uh, I'm grateful. And with that being said, um, back to kind of like the... Um, I just want to get that out. I want to yeah. tell you. I just want to sh share that with that's you. That's cool. Because it reminded me. Um, <laughs> I, I'm glad. I'm glad it feels yeah. good, bro. I am. Um, and it's something that, uh, that kind of focus sounds like it was, like they're all kind of athletic-based people, it seems like, or people who didn't have, and I was just talking with somebody about this uh, a couple, like a week ago, is they have, um, there are these people who are doing these ridiculous things, right? Whether it be like all these crazy runs at 5 a.m., like Chris, right? With all these yeah. crazy runs. He's not per se the most athletic person. Like, he didn't grow up running triathlons or marathons, right? Like, he didn't, his base wasn't athletics, yeah. right? And then, same thing with my buddy Matt, where the base isn't athletics, um, but then he's able to switch it on and find something that forces him to do something that's stupid outrageous, like swimming across lakes. <laughs> and then to hear you tell me that and then knowing where you're kind of th few years, correct me if I'm wrong, few years of like focused athletics and like diet and stuff gets you to biking Manitoulin Island, which when I, when I hear that, I go, I don't even want to drive there. And I, I hear, I hear like you say you biked around it and you did it. For camp quality, correct? Yes. Not correct. Okay. Yeah. So, how, take me through the beginning of that. How did that kind of come to fruition? Because that's epic. Um, hmm. Let's say, let's go back a year. So, well, I touched on the bike rides that I did, I did in Quarterbrook. I did a couple hundred kilometer bike rides. Yeah. And then that went dormant again, kind of down below. So, last mm. year on my birthday, I said, I got to do something. I want to do something big. So I said, I'm going to go to Manitoulin Island, just me, just by myself. Nice. I believe I asked a few people, but on last minute's notice, not many people want to go bike 120 kilometers. No. So my previous personal best was 120. 
So it was my birthday, so a little over, probably, I guess a year and a half ago at this point. Um, I went to Manitoulin Island by myself and mapped out a route. was 127, I believe, which was my personal best by about a kilometer. But I just wanted to beat it, just something new on my oh, birthday. Yeah. Nice. And then I just fell in love with riding on the island. So then this year, like talking to Will about his, his paddle, about his challenges yeah. and things he was coming up with, I, yeah. I, I really want to do something. Nice. And then I'm like, you know what? I think I might bike around Manitoulin Island. And then I was looking at the map, like, I think I might bike around all of Manitoulin Island. You're like, hey, man, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do yeah, it. Yeah, like, if I'm being honest, like, it started as a very, not necessarily selfish, like, I just wanted to do it just to do it. Mm-hmm. And then Matt approached me and said, you know, why don't you join on and help me out and, and do this for Camp Quality? And yeah, definitely. Amazing. Hands down, no problem. Yeah. So, so I'm glad I was able to do that and help out yeah. Camp Quality. Um, and it definitely gave me an extra push, just thinking yeah, about that. I can imagine. Um, so yeah, I thought about that and I mapped it out. And being from Newfoundland, I love the island because it feels feels a little closer to home. Yeah, there. versus just being here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a little, eh? Yeah, a little <laughs> amazing, bit closer, amazing. Yeah. So yeah. I started. I was like, I want to see all the lighthouses. Oh, so I couldn't I see them all, but mm. I, I planned it out so that I could start a lighthouse, hit another one, yeah. hit another one, and then circle back to the one I started at. Mm-hmm. And then I start researching it, and then find out that South, or not South Bay, but Mississauga Lighthouse is closed for renovations, and also due to COVID. Yeah. So like lame. But yeah, it was it's too bad. Uh, but then I, I looked into, I'm like, you know what? I already planned this house, so I reached out to them, and they were on board right away. Come on! So they helped us. They opened the gate, or helped us get in the gate. Yeah. And uh, ah, and cool. they allowed us to go in, just us. So everything is closed down. So we biked in there, opened the gate, went down to the lighthouse, checked it out. That's amazing. Um, yeah, and then came back out, and the, one of the ladies, Christiana, was supposed to meet us here and let us in. Yeah. But we were way ahead of schedule, so we beat her there. So we went on in anyway, um, and then came out, and she actually just met me on the highway on one of our breaks, and we chatted for a minute, so it was really nice to meet her. Ah, and, that's cool. And really appreciate of, of the help. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so yeah, so that was cool. So I got all my lighthouses. <laughs> <laughs> the first one was the most exciting, Mississauga, of course, because yeah, I was feeling fresh. And, yeah. and kinda, you had a good energy for it. Definitely good energy. Yeah. After, but the reason I got there way before she did was I got so excited in the morning, and I just rode hard out of the gate. Yeah. And it didn't feel like it. Obviously, in the door, in all the like all the excitement, I was just pushing, like mm-hmm. just flying. God, that's cool. And all all the guys know me and know what I'm like in races. I do the same thing all yeah. the time. I control out of the gate is not my strong suit, <laughs> but it, it always catches me. You're that that guy. But in an, in an event, amazing. event like this, yeah. it's funny to think because I was like, I pushed too hard for the first five hours. It's not like I pushed too hard for the first five minutes. I was just like cruising for five hours until I got the Mississauga and then it hit me. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. How far into so, that ride is that? It's about 120 kilometers. So it's a little less than five hours. Yeah. I think we're, it was roughly 120 kilometers. So the first, the first 100 kilometers I was averaging, I think, 31 kilometers an hour. Which is way faster than I trained. That's way quick. faster than I normally That's ride. Very quick. Yeah, dude, I drive that fast. <laughs> <laughs> like, like why? Why I did that? I don't know. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> just do it. Just so excited. Good for you, man. Like, no. For five hours. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, that was intense. That is awesome. Yeah. So, um, so your tie to camp quality was Matt. Yes. Stuff right on. Yeah. Have you? Do you plan to? kind of visit them or uh, visit the site or yeah I'd love to go down and check it out um I don't know 
I'm not 100% sure what they're doing right now due to COVID. I don't think it's, mm. I think it's all virtual still. Yeah. Uh, but I would love so. to get down there and like, right before the ride, Matt had arranged an online meeting with, with all the campers. And so that was really cool. So to hear them cheer me on and then cheer Simon who did the 100k run. Yeah. Um, so that was really exciting to do that just a few days before the bike ride. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely like to get up and see the site. I've looked at yeah. pictures and seen videos. It looks amazing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Did you have a mental, uh, what was kind of your preparation to do that? Like, uh, mental, like mentally? Um, I, the physical training helped mentally because I was doing 13 to 16 hours a week on the bike, like on top of working 44 hours a week. And then on top of that riding, right, eh? people forget that. Yeah. I kind of forgot that going into it, to be honest. And I'm like, Oh wow. I gotta, I gotta get up and bike two hours before work. Um, so it was pretty tough. Um, and that's insane. My wife made it possible. Like she's amazing. Yeah. Unbelievable. Shout out to her dude. That's she awesome. Completely. She spoils me all the time. Out yeah. To be honest. Nice. But, but during this episode, she really made sure I could do it. Yeah. It's cool. Just like setting you um, up kind of. Yeah. Like I, I didn't really have to worry about it too much besides bike work. And, and then the obvious things, we have two dogs, so help walk the dogs. And yeah, well, yeah, there's they're, certain things you can't not two do. puppies, yeah. and they're pretty pretty intense to walk by yourself. That's so. true, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, you show me them on the face, the face yeah. time, and I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, they're a lot of work. Gotta, <laughs> each got their own energy, yeah. and they're going different directions. But yeah, I had a lot of help, but she definitely made it possible. Um, so mental training, just the hours. Yeah. Hours on the bike helped, and then I read a lot of books about endurance. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what... 350 kilometers, man. Yeah. Jeez. That's pretty impeccable that that's something that you're able to not just accomplish, accomplish for something kind of greater. And then I think at the end of the day, though, what, as long as, and it, it was good that I feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't lose sight of you were still doing this for you. Yeah. Right? Like it was still a self accomplishment. Yeah. Because where I get nervous, where if I were to do something similar in my own, more in my lane, um, would be I'm doing something for somebody else for a greater cause, bigger than myself, and then it almost puts the pressure on me to not think of it as something that's what I am doing it for me at the end of the day. Because that's yeah. the core, right? If you're not doing it for yourself, kind of, what are you doing it for? And it's yeah. being able to kind of be selfish, but still, like, still have that part of you inside of you, inside that's, I'm still, I'm doing this for me, I'm going to achieve this goal for myself, and all these things that are going to take place, like, it's for the greater good, but I want to be able to do it for myself as well, right? It's a weird, yeah. it's a yeah, weird it's, thing it's, I'm trying to understand. Yeah, it's a mix of, I guess, in, in, intrinsic and extrinsic, like, yeah, I, I think I'm saying those right. I think so. I think so. <laughs> yeah, like doing it for yourself would be intrinsic, and then doing mm -hmm. it for a like I guess technically like pats on the back and that stuff is extrinsic goal. Yeah. And then, but also for the charity or whatever you're supporting, will kind of fall into that category. So everybody's mm -hmm. different, where they rely more on intrinsic versus extrinsic. I guess that makes sense. So everybody's different. Some people yeah. really, really stick. Like doing it for the charity would be their main goal, whereas mm -hmm. other people doing it for their just their pride and just for themselves might be might be the bigger yeah might be the bigger motivating factor i guess huh that's interesting 
there's a lot of um, when I see things like that going on, and this is something I want to ask you specifically, but after achieving something like that for um, for something greater than yourself, for doing a crazy physical challenge and the consistency of going through the training. Cause I think the consistency of that is like you said, what would build that mental fortitude to get through the actual events. But what I want to know is, um, how do you like, is that the cap of kind of, for example, let me just, I'm kind of clarifying this a bit for myself mainly as well. Yeah, of And so when people are working so hard towards a goal, and then they achieve that goal, what's the fallout like for you? Like, is it very, very, a lot of people get depressed. Like if you're yeah. working and you get this, you're working so hard for your degree and you've put everything else on hold and then you achieve that goal, you're at such a high, high. What's the fallout like after? Like what's the comeback from I that? I definitely felt down. I don't want to say, probably not the word depressed in my case. No. Like some people do, some people some people don't. Everyone's different. Yeah. I, I definitely didn't feel depressed. I felt a little bit lost, I guess. Okay. Like, like all this time on the bike, I'd wake up in the morning and, and like, okay, what do I do? Like, yeah. I took about a week or so off before I went back to the gym. Nice. So it was, it was just nice to get back into the gym routine. I think without that, maybe then I would have struggled more. Yeah. But because I had the gym classes that I'd missed out on for 12 weeks, because I just couldn't do it with the biking. Uh. Yeah. So that kind of filled, I guess that filled right back in. Maybe that's what it was. So so instead of getting up and biking two hours, I'd still get up and go to the gym a couple of times a week, and I've been gradually increasing because it's very different. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, but yeah, I think that helped, definitely. Nice. Typical Apex saving me. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Shout out to him. Um, so I think that's something that I think a lot of people don't hear about or don't talk about or think about when all the sacrifices, everything that's made and then they accomplish this crazy feat, it's like, well, where do we go from here? Yeah. Right. It's always, there's always bigger. There's always bigger. There's always bigger. Right. So with that, do you, what's the next thing? Richard, <laughs> no, question. what's the next, uh, what's the next have, feat? Cause it's, uh, I'm, I think it's going to be crazy. I flip flop between if ideas. You have ideas. I you have a couple big share. ideas that are probably going to happen eventually yeah nice. whether or not it's this year i don't know yeah it's... part of the problem is i have a lot of a lot of different hobbies like i like playing music yeah uh, i like biking i like kayaking i like running hiking mm -hmm. so it's hard to just squeeze those all in like the bike training was amazing but it was just it was so focused on bike i just gotta yeah. just i gotta decide for myself if i want to dedicate that much time to one thing right you like to I'd like to do a bit of everything. Yeah. Like my coach, Mike Nowalaniak, he, uh, he helped me in the beginning and we're doing biking, but then he's like, I noticed that you're trying to squeeze in a run. So like he helped me kind of back off and he's like, if you want to go for a run, it's fine. Like see, he just, he noticed that right away that I like to do a bit of everything. Mm. So he helped with that. So, so yeah, back on the goal thing, I, I want to bike across Newfoundland. So, Jeez. so from Port of Bass where the, the main, Whoa. The southwest coast is Port of Bass, yeah. and then St. John's I've technically called the southeast coast, more the, I guess, east coast. Mm -hmm. So it's just under 1,000 kilometers. I think it's nine, 918 or 920. So What the? So I'm going to bike across that. Um, Hell yeah. So I did 350. Yeah. Lots of people have done it. 
most people do it like in a camping sense and they're exploring and do it in a week. Yeah, you're like, no. A week or less. Hopping on the bike once? It's my problem. I want to do it fast, but I also want to look around and camp. So it's almost like mm, I need to do it twice. Do it twice. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to do it twice. It's so Crazy guy. So 350 kilometers in a day was Manitoulin. So if I do, say, 310, 320 a day, I could do Newfoundland in three days. That'd be epic. That'd be good. Three days in a row. Yeah. But 350 in a day was on 12 weeks training. Mm. After not biking very much for a year or so, mostly just running. Yeah. So if I decide that this is what I want to do, there's a chance I could do it in two days. Mm. It's possible. There is, yeah. So I guess I got to decide if that's what I want to do and how much work I'm going to put into it. Yeah, and I like you said it's not a it's not a next month kind of no. challenge, you know. So like the Manitoulin thing was kind of short notice in terms of the yeah. scheme of it. Like a twelve week training program is great, but um, I guess I was riding indoors on the trainer all winter, just not yeah. specifically training. Right. Which um, big difference. So yeah, so two days across Newfoundland. Potentially three. That'll be a decision. But that's what I'm going to do. That'll be cool. When, I, I don't know. Because mm -hmm. there's other ideas too. Like pack wrap or bike yeah. bike, bike packing. But more so bike rafting I'm, I'm, I'm looking into. Yeah. So there's alpaca pack rafts seems, seem to be the most popular ones. So you and they're like four pounds and you can put them on your bike. Yeah. And then they're designed so that you can pack up your bike and put your bike on it. So a lot of people do then like river trips and a bike. Whoa. And then they'll throw their bike on their inflatable kayak, and then kayak, and then got off. So it allows you to explore so much more. You can just go, like how the crow flies. Yeah, straight. Yeah, you, and whatever you hit, you, whatever you want. What? You're, you're limitless, dude. Almost. That's so cool. So that's an interest as well, and yeah. that will be more so logistical, and and that's less physical training for that, and that yeah, might more be more like for sure. I probably won't do that as an event. I might just get into that as a hobby like on the That'd side be cool like, to do do some weekend trips nice. stuff like that so, yeah lots of ideas man yeah. that, that's a cool one um, i like that but that's one of my most that's probably the biggest one i want to do yeah oh that'd be sick or the biggest hobby i want to get into i should say yeah yeah do you have a um you want to own a uh say you're into kayaking and stuff yeah. now you did a kayak trip recently I did a couple recently so Part of the reason I planned the bike ride for July was because I wasn't willing to sacrifice my entire summer. So I was like, I'm going to plan this for July. Smart. So that I got the second half of summer to run, bike, nice. uh, kayak, do all these things. Get it over with, but yeah, still nice. So partly so I could do it all and also so that my wife didn't need to stand by and just watch me bike. So all we could do things together. Long. So that, yeah. that kind of helps too. Um, yeah, so we did, I'm not sure which trip. Because there was two big yeah. trips I did. One down the Montepate River, and then there was one out by Philip Edward Island. Tell me about that one. That one, so there's six of us went on. We rented three tandem kayaks. Nice. Um, did a little bit of research, not not a ton. Mm -hmm. I knew enough to know that the waves get big quick there on Lake Huron. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah. <laughs> so quick. Yeah. Um, it's bad. <laughs> so part of me didn't believe it. I believed it, but I didn't know how quickly. It okay. would pick up. Yeah. Um, but I was also, I'm a very cautious person. Like very, yeah. very careful. You so, manage your risk, I'm sure. So there was, the forecast wasn't great with winds. And I asked some people, I asked Clarny Outfitters, and they like, yeah, don't, like, it's not worth it. Like, wow. the waves, there's, they, they just, said after a certain certain point, their rescue boat can't even get past the lighthouse to get you. Come on. So I took that as meaning don't go. So instead of doing a two-day trip, we just did it in a one day. Yeah. 
So we went out, and we didn't really map it. We roughly knew where we were going, and we just started heading out. And we seen this island. We're like, we're gonna go to that island. Um, learned a lot on this trip. Yeah. Um, went to the island. It was amazing. Weather was perfect going into it. <laughs> we pull in on the kind of backwards. West or the whatever side we pulled in on. I believe, <laughs> I believe it was on the west side. It was one of the directions. One, yeah. one direction. One direction. <laughs> uh, we pulled in and it was perfect. Didn't think about the fact that that was where the wind was coming from. Yeah. Or wind was hitting. So we hike over to the other side of the island, have our fire, hung out, did a little bit of swimming. Nice. Uh, walked back across the island. The winds had picked up, which we didn't notice because we were sheltered on the other side. Yeah. So yeah. the waves were pushing our kayaks in like they were all on the shore but yeah. we struggled to get out it was it was a tough to get out and then yeah <laughs> i want to say might be guessing five foot waves maybe five six probably foot at waves least yeah coming back and and that's no I, exaggeration either no like yeah like and i was using a gopro 9 so it's hard the stabilization is amazing yeah so <sighs> it almost takes away from it because you're watching it and like it doesn't look that bad but you're in your the kayaks like doing this and rolling yeah. So the horizon is staying perfect. That's what the GoPro does in this setting. Worth but you can money. see that the kayak goes like this. So you can kind of tell by looking at it. It just doesn't... If you know you're looking at it. Yeah. You know, now, do you have the footage? I know... Yeah. Yeah? It's not uploaded though, is it? No, I'm still working on it. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, I want to see it because I know you said like... My GoPro it's crashed. There, but it's Yeah. Yeah. So I've so, been like a month now working it. on it with some help. Uh, I'm very close. Um... I don't even think I have any here to show you. I'll send you a clip tonight. Okay. Awesome. Um, yeah, please. I'm, it's, uh, uh, it's cool. So I'm working on a video. So sick. I've managed to recover the videos. No, I completely lied to you. I'm, I'm confusing my two trips. Sorry. Uh, I do have footage of that one. Epic. That's on, yeah, that's, that's, on, that's on Instagram. Amazing. Okay. Yeah, I thought so. Um, right. It's my river trip that I did with my wife. We went down to Juan Pate for yeah, 33 kilometers. That's what it was. Okay. I lost the footage to that one. So yeah. I'm almost ready for that. It sounds like there were two people, but... There are multiple people on your uh, yeah your on trip. So yeah, the river trip uh, yeah. that was a big adventure as well. Um, but yeah, lost the footage to that one. Nah. Uh, the I switched the SD card right before we got into the open lake, like nice calm stuff. You switched so, the SD card while on the water. That's scary, dude. Yeah. yeah. But that was my mistake. I should have done it like ten kilometers further back because the SD card reached the end, and when it was nearing full, that's when the corruption happened. Apparently, this is a common issue. Yeah. Uh, especially if you don't have the right SD card. Yeah. Um, yeah, mm. so I lost all that footage, so I've been working to get it back. It's back, but every two seconds, the screen goes white. So my, my when I do do the video, mm. it's going to be like two-second clips. Slideshow Which, which is fine. It'll be, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. There was yeah. a lot of good times on that river, and scary times, but good times. Yeah, dude. When yeah. I was, um, I think I was, uh... so do you know where John Island is? On, mm -hmm. okay. So, I'm not sure either. I was just hoping you would know, because um, I've only been there a handful of times, but it's a summer camp through the YMCA, and I ran leadership programs when I was younger, and, I, like, out of these uh, summer camps, and when I was nine, I think it was 19, yeah, when I was 19, I ran, I co-led a leadership program for a, uh, I can't remember, I think it was, like, it was a three-day or five-day uh, it was like a five-day trip, but we were three nights on the water. But um, anyways, five days. Five-day trip on um, off of, uh, but it, it starts just, um, I'm trying to get geographical. I'm really bad with maps, which is why it turned into a five-day trip. <laughs> Uh-oh. So 
basically though, it was on it was on Lake Huron. It's kind of situated way off of Manitoulin Island. Okay. Um, like just off of Manitoulin. Like you go the same direction. It's just it's like just a bit before. Okay. So, anyways, um, you boat out to the island, but you boat through Huron, and for people who don't know, Lake Huron. It's in that famous song, right? That Edmund Fitz, uh, like the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, yeah. where he refers to it. And he's like, "Lake Huron rolls." Yeah, dude, it sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> like, yeah. you know firsthand, and that's why you kind of like inspired me to share this. But I was, I led, I co-led the trip, and we went out with the sea kayaks, and then there were three fifteen-year-olds, two dudes, uh, one girl, and then my uh, co-leader Hannah and myself, and. The five of us went and we kind of like we were riding the shore because the weather wasn't too bad and then we kind of picked we went up in the middle kind of like off and basically it was like there's an eye there was um almost like a peak it kind of looked like an egg the way the island kind of went and we we were inside the bay and we would go out and it was flat we would go out and as soon as we went out it was kind of like this it was a sh shoot we like went shoot straight out into the open so we're like we had to ride the shore pretty close but one of the dudes um got like blown further out and so it's like well okay he panicked and i was like oh no so he started to freak out and he stopped paddling so he freaked out and he stopped paddling and that just made him go further away yeah. so now i have to switch paddle against the waves out like kind of cross the waves, right? Cause kind of, so I'm like, I'm probably gonna tip, right? Cause I got a lot of luggage and stuff. Like I'm all packed up and this is gonna suck. So I'm getting blown over and then there's people, there's like the other uh, teenagers in their boats and I'm like, hands taking them to the side, like more into shore. So I'm like, all right, no, we're going close, close to shore. Like within like eight feet of the shore. And I paddle out in the cross and I'm like, I'm trying not to, I'm like just trying to balance, trying to figure this out. I go and I'm like, dude, it, the whole thing was like, it's like, man, you got to take me back. You got to take me. Back. I'm like, I can't attach my boat to you. You got to yeah. pull me back. You got to pull me back. I'm like, I can't physically cannot make this happen right now without going in the water and ruining this for everybody. This is not, but he's just want, I'm like, dude, you have to paddle. You yeah. have to paddle. Just find it. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> he gave up. So I was like, dude, you yes. have like, find, find it. I don't care where it is. Find it. Now is yeah. the time to find it and apply it, paddle, paddle hard, let's go. And then we kind of like turn around and it was just like any inspirational thing from anything <laughs> ever, any speech, I just flew it at him. It was like mixing quotes and like lines from it. I'm like, dude, I'm like, there's no, there's no outcome to this that's good if you don't paddle. And he kind of like eventually mustered up the courage and strength yeah. to like to paddle and get through. So. We made it back, we got to the thing, and I was like, hey guys, like, we ended up staying an extra day on shore at the same site because of how bad the waves and weather yeah. were. And it was like, it was just so windy at the, because we were at the point, right? It was so windy, so we had to wait for the wind to die down, but if we go out, yeah, out in the middle of the lake, it's like, well, and it's not just, it's not a small lake, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's a, not that, uh, not that exciting of a, of a time. So when people say, uh. They did something on Lake Huron. I'm like, let me hear how it's, that went for you. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, even, even the calm day, it was like when we were going out when it was calm, 
you could still feel it was still rolling. It still felt like the ocean. Yeah. Which to me, I, I wanted to sit there and go to sleep because I felt like I was at home. Yeah. You it probably was, didn't mind it. Yeah. It, yeah, I love it. It's getting on the water is amazing. Yeah. But yeah, even calm, the water's still rolling. It's so cool to see. Jeez. Yeah. Do you ever? Do you have uh, with the, with uh, kayaking and uh, kayak trips being like another one of your passion project hobbies? Do you ever want to do something like crazy big for that one? Like, are you paddle across the Pacific Ocean or something? I don't know. Nothing. That's a bad example. Nothing that big. Like, it's obviously <laughs> those sorts of things have been done, and I, I spend a lot of time watching Red Bull TV. Yeah. So far. And anyone who comes to visit me, I'm like, watch Red Bull TV. This week. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's more of a, a me thing, and most people aren't as interested as I am, but it's, <laughs> maybe, maybe we can talk about some of the same things we've watched on Red Bull TV, but um, I don't know, I definitely, river trips, I'm getting into river trips more, more mm -hmm. interested, I don't have a whitewater kayak, or any experience whitewater, No. so that's, that's something I want to learn how to do, like I'd like to do some training and learn how to do proper whitewater kayaking so that I can do it safely, Yeah. and then like maybe explore the Ottawa River, That'd be a cool um, one, eh? And then sea kayaking, which obviously, like we just talked about here, Lake Huron mm. is—it's basically like the ocean. <laughs> Dude, um, but I'd like to do some trips around Newfoundland, like do some multi-day expeditions, yeah. exploring the coast of Newfoundland by kayak. Oh, like it hasn't been done a lot. There was a guy, I believe, at least one guy kayaked all around Newfoundland. It was like a full summer thing because it's huge. It's massive. Um, yeah, it's an island, yeah. essentially, but yeah. it's a province. Yeah, it's pretty it's big. Ridiculous. Like, I don't know how many kilometers of coastline there are, but there's thousands of kilometers of coastline. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I probably won't get into as big expeditions on the kayak. Yeah. Multi-day, maybe. Or like we mentioned, bike bike rafting. I want to say bike packing, but bike That'd rafting. Cool. That's yeah. another thing I want to do. It's a lot oh. of hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't blame you. They're, yeah. they're fun. Now, do you, um, have you ever been to Cape Spear? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Dude, I, what was it like? That, so, yeah, back on when you were planning a trip, at least, you had to go to Cape Spear. Yeah, dude, that's where I want to go. I've been looking at, like, The sunrise, so my bike ride across Newfoundland, when I do it, it's going to end at Cape Spear. Dude! Because it's obviously most easterly point in North sure. America, that's where you it go. It does not, get, and it's not, okay, you need to say, we need to say that again, um, it's the most eastern point on North America. Yeah, like, not Newfoundland, not Canada. No. North America. North America. You go straight south, you, you just keep going. Yeah, it's water. You're in, you're in uh, Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. Like, maybe. Yeah, that's right. Again, bad with maps. Bad with maps. But, um, yeah, I think that's um, that's where I got to go. Because I, I was talking to my, my, one of my best friends is in Australia right now, and I was just FaceTiming with him yesterday, and he was like, dude, we got a road trip. He went out west last summer. I went almost literally a year ago um, out west uh, with a couple of buddies, and he's like, dude, let's go out east next uh, when he's back. So, in... Uh, Probably late April to sometime in spring when the weather's good. Um, but want to go out there, start here in Sudbury and kind of hit Ottawa, Montreal, go through New Brunswick. Cause like, man, it's Ottawa, Montreal. I've been there enough. Yeah. But I've never, I've never been to Newfoundland. Yeah. I've been to Halifax. I've been to Nova Scotia a handful of times as an adult. Never been to New Brunswick as an adult. Yeah. So stuff like that, and then seeing kind of how he's been. He's been like he's come back from Australia for a couple of years, so I'm like, hey, like, let's yeah. do something epic. Like, yeah, if you can take the time, you're gonna explore. Um, definitely, very specifically, when you get to St. John's, make sure you get a sunrise at Cape Spear. Sunrise at yeah. Cape Spear. Um, just like one, because you can say I'm the first person in North America to see the sun today. Besides, for someone that might be in a boat, 
But <laughs> yeah, I'm not worried about them. But yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, it's, yeah. it's unbelievable just the way the light comes in. And usually there's a little bit of fog that'll roll in. Um, I got some photos I'll show you after. Yeah, man, um, please. Yeah, the fog might roll in. Some days it's perfectly clear. Some days it's foggy and you can't see anything. Wow. But if you get it just right, like I, we went out one day, it was in, we were in St. John's, so we'd wake up. I've seen a lot of sunrises at Cape Spear. So my wife and I, we would... I'm so jealous. We would just wake up in St. John's at, <laughs> depending on the time of year, 5, 5.30 a.m. and drive. It's early, yeah. Drive the 25 minutes it is to Cape Spear. From St. John's? Yeah. Oh, that's not bad like, at not all. not bad at all. Like, oh, man, I was prepared to walk 100 kilometers. Yeah, like I biked it uh, in an hour and 10 minutes or something. I guess yeah, it's not yeah. that far. So it's reasonable. It's, yeah, it's not bad at all. Okay. Um, so nice at Cape Spear. That'd be worth it. Yeah, like for Signal Hill. So Signal Hill is in yeah. St. John's. Mm -hmm. You see Cape Spear from there. It's like, it's not that far at all. Um, really, really cool. So it was foggy so in St. Cool. John's. We are lying in bed, looking out the window, foggy. We're like, what are we going to do this for? This is no good. It's just no sunrise. Mm -hmm. You know what? Let's risk it. Sure enough, you drive out, and as you're like driving up over the hills and out towards Cape Spear, the fog breaks. No. So you're right there, and it was amazing. Just the sun rising, little bits of fog rolling in over the hill. Yeah. You look towards St. John's, completely clouded in fog. Yeah. But we're just, it was, it was amazing. It just was, break. Oh, yeah. Dude. And I'm sure pictures don't do it justice. No, they don't. Like, not, never. Like, I got they some never do. Pretty cool pictures, but they definitely don't do it justice. Ah, that makes it even better, too, because I've yeah. seen some, like, I've seen uh, and shown people a handful of photos from my travels throughout the years, and. I'm like, yo, look at that. They're like, yo, that picture's epic. I'm like, you wouldn't believe it if yeah. you were there. You know, like, there's something about, like, you get, you capture this much. Yeah. You don't capture this much. Like, it's yeah. all the way around. It's that bit that and happens like, here that's just. And even now with, crazy. like, panoramic photos. Panoramic mm -hmm. photos are amazing. I love them. But it's still, mm -hmm. it's still not the same. There's no way to recreate no. it. The sound. Crazy. One thing about Cape Spear is the sound. Because you're out on this point. So the ocean, it's just rolling in all around you. So even the calmest day, you still hear the ocean. So coming in and out. Is it like a cliff? One side is a cliff. So, and then the other side kind of, not really cliff, like it more rolls like gently down into the ocean. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the one side is a cliff. Come on. And however, I don't know how many feet up it is, but it's, it's insanely high. Um, yeah. And if I've you... been up there day, like there's been a few times I've been up there and whales have been coming along below. Stop. So you're, you can, you're looking down and you see whales underwater. Amazing. What? Yeah. I, Come on. I literally I have thousands of pictures. Like, of what? Like, of what? looking at whales. Dude, um, I will walk, I can look at those photos all day. That's insane. Um, Come on. Like, looking down on whales. That's ah. happened. There's a few points. The one picture you pulled up there yeah. earlier, I was up on that cliff and seeing whales down below. That was, like, the coolest thing is to watch whales from above. Underwater. Because you see them underwater, then you see them come up, then they go sick. under. Yeah, it's cool. What? <laughs> yeah. Dude, that is really cool. Jeez. That's a uh, now. You just drive over a bridge to get to, to Cape Fear. No, to Newfoundland. Oh no, so, so, no. No, you need fair. so yeah. If you're if you're planning the trip or when you go, yeah. make sure you have the time because it's going to take you depending on how much stopping you do. It's three to four days to get to North Sydney where the boat is in Nova Scotia. Yeah. So it's a good it's, it's a good drive to get there. A few thousand kilometers, and then the boat is depending on the time of day. It's either six hours or eight hours. Six hours during the day, roughly. Oh, it's a boat ride to... Yeah. It's not a... F no. Wow. Or eight hours at night because they slow it down. I'm not sure if it's due to the union and the workers on the other side, what time they start, or if it's conditions or a mix of both. So it's about eight hours if you go overnight. That's usually when we try to do it so we just sleep in a chair on the boat or in a cabin. It might be the way to do it. Right? Um, you bring the car. Yeah. Drive it on or go Yeah, you drive it on the boat and then go to sleep. Um, 
That being said, I would recommend doing at least one day crossing either there or back. Yeah, because it's back. cool to be up on the up on the boat. Like I proposed to my yeah. wife on that boat. That's gangster. Yeah. That's a good proposal. Yeah, that's, it, was, uh, it was foggy, but I was like, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, babe. Yeah, that's amazing, um, dude. Congrats, that's sorry. huge. Thanks. Um, that's a good one. That's a really good one, actually. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, it was foggy up on top, that's so cool. everyone was inside, so it was just us up on top of the boat. Oh, right. come on. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Dude, that is really cool. Um, yeah, so definitely do one day trip, because yeah. sometimes, there's a few times I've seen like a seal might be swimming across yeah. the bottom of the boat, or a dolphin. Uh, a few times nice. you see whales in the distance. Um, yeah, it's definitely Jeez. a cool experience. Because that's, Newfoundland would be of that trip, where I want, I've been to Ottawa enough times, I've been yeah. to Montreal, I'll be going to Montreal this weekend, so yeah. doing those kind of things is like, I, I get it, but Maritimes are very, I feel it's as close to Europe without yeah. being in Europe, you know what I mean, it's very Europe-esque, like just with the way some of the cities are laid out, and then kind of the landscape, Yeah. right, so. Yes, and oh. Newfoundland is so big, there's so many different regions in Newfoundland, like yeah. the West Coast has some Scottish heritage, and then there, mm -hmm. there's English in pockets, French, yeah. and then South and East Coast, a lot of Irish. Mm-hmm. And then the landscape changes. It's just, there's so much to see. So once you get across that ferry ride, yeah. to get from Port of Bass to St. John's is about 10 hours of straight driving. That's fine. Maybe. Yeah. There's another boat you could take, so the same place. So one boat goes to Port of Bass, the other boat will take you, I forget the name of the town, but it's closer to St. John's. It might be an hour or two outside of St. John's. Mm. But I believe, I've never done it, but I think it's about an 18-hour boat ride. Huh. Yeah. So. You can do that if you want to, yeah. but the drive across the plan I'd recommend. So well, take the shorter yeah. boat and then drive it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's uh, and we'll be in touch when I make this happen. So I definitely, I put paper. Yeah. Lots of lots, lots of, of things to take. Okay. Perfect. Because that's uh, that's where I want to focus the trip. I think we're trying to make it ten days, two weeks. Um, but yeah. I've done <laughs> when I went out west uh, with my buddies. I drove probably the worst time of the day to drive because no one else is awake. So we left Calgary at 10 p.m. and we made it to Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan at 5 a.m. So I drove seven, seven and a half, or seven to seven and a half hours by myself in the yeah. middle of the night. With there's a buddy of mine next to me, two in the back, one in the far back. So there's five of us, right? So all four of them are passed out. So they're all passed out, and I'm watching and I'm driving, and I'm on the prairie, or I'm not on the prairie. Sorry, I'm on the. Uh, I'm on the flat, like it's very flat, right? So, um, yeah, it is the prairies, isn't it? Yeah. And so, it's weird. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so you're on the prairies driving and it's all flat, right? So the speed limit's 130, so I just pump it to 150. The speed limit is 130? Cruise, yeah, man. Put on cruise, uh, sorry, 110. 110, yeah. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, Nova Scotia and New Brunswick, 110. Yeah, I went 130, that's what it was. <laughs> that's what, that's, I see the distinction, I made my bad. <laughs> yeah, so I pumped it to 130, cruise control and then high beams on and do just the animals and everything yeah. so if i need to drive five to seven hours again and then my buddy switch over and drive another five we can make it happen we yeah. can make it happen so i'm not too uh not too worried with that so my whole thing is i'm like when i go on these things it's like if i road trip i'm like i'll be tired the whole time i'll make the most of it yeah you know that like you can kind of channel it and like there's no it's like no we're doing this we're here yeah. it's one time there's a lot of energy that you can bring up and uh yeah, yeah, I don't do think I don't think for a second in Newfoundland you're going to be feeling tired. You're just you're going to want to see everything. Just want to see it and embrace it all. Yeah, and even the drive through the Maritimes is nice. I've done it five, six times now, maybe. Yeah. Um, nice. You can rush it. You can slow it down. Whatever you want to do. Like yeah. I did from Oshawa 
to the boat in, I want to say, 18 hours. Like, we mm-hmm. were rushing to get there. We drove overnight to get the morning crossing. Yeah. So that when we get to Newfoundland, we could drive the four hours to my dad's cabin. Nice. We rushed. We drive basically straight through. I drove almost the whole 18 hours. I took an hour break here and there. My wife drove. You're an animal. Um, yeah. That's crazy. And then we get to North Sydney and the boat's delayed. <laughs> We get there in the oh. morning, we're like, okay, so yeah. we just rushed this whole thing for nothing, <laughs> and we had all day, so we're so tired, there's three of us, we actually rented a hotel for the day. <laughs> Smart, right? Yeah, yeah and, and just, just got uh, some sleep. There's good times that you can kind of fit rest in, but... Yeah, that was, we had no other choice, like sleep in the car, which was full of luggage, mm. or we're like, no, I'll just get a hotel, we'll sleep yeah, for a few hours. It's worth it's the 50 bucks a person to do yeah. it, 30, but... Yeah. So, as you kind of approach the end of this... Uh, conversation richard do you have any like message or a big lesson that taught you something that you would pass on or that you would uh, leave to somebody through your experience i've been coming on something more over the past few days more so than before what i've done nice but just just do whatever you want to do like within reason like don't i mean don't be reckless yeah but if you have an idea go for it um Within reason. <laughs> yeah. Like, be safe and be realistic. Mm-hmm. But if you have an idea, go for it. Just yeah. have fun with it. Amazing. Go for it. There's, I'll tell you all about it. We kind of run it at a time to tell you, but there's this guy, Bo Miles, I've been watching on YouTube. Yeah. He's, I believe, yeah, he's Australian, and he does a lot of interesting videos and challenges. Mm-hmm. The one that I might even try this soon. Um, Here we go. He ran a mile an hour. So he ran a marathon in a day. So a mile an hour every 24 hours, yeah. and then every hour, so he'd run around his block one mile, and then he'd do something, mow the lawn, fix a chair, do a chore, clean up some garbage. So every hour for 24 hours, so he ran a marathon, and he said the afterwards he showed the list of all the things he accomplished in the day, and, and his thing, he said, realistically, this is how we should spend our life. Just pick something and do it. So I'm kind of curious to see what it'd feel like to run a marathon in, in a day, and see how much I can accomplish around my house or around the yard and the neighborhood. Yeah. It'd just be a cool challenge. Even that bring a few a cool people. Challenge. I think my wife might do it with me. Dude, that's a really good yeah. idea. Hell yeah, that's so yeah, a really cool so idea. So just do it. Yeah, <laughs> just do it. Dude. If you have an idea, go Man, for it. That's amazing. And I like that. So, with that being said, um, I was super excited to have this conversation with you. Um, from, I We hadn't met prior to doing the conversation or the show, but... From what everybody has told me and then recommending that I reach out to you, I could not be more grateful for your time and really appreciate you sharing your story with me and my audience today. And yeah, man, I look forward to uh, training with you in the future and yeah, uh, doing some dope shit. So Thanks appreciate it, brother. Thanks for having me. Right awesome. on. Awesome.